Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. Normally you would hear somebody say I'm Fred, but Fred is uh, not able to make it today, so it's a little bit of a different episode of What's Happening. And uh, we are joined, well, I am joined today uh, by Mr. Joseph Credit. Joseph Credit is a a lot, an actor, <laughs> a wrestler. You got a lot going on. How you doing, bro? What's happening? Now, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm like about to throw this computer out the wall, out the window. But <laughs> other than that, see, look, it's, it's still messing with me, bro. Oh, How you man. living, bro? I, I got no complaints. I got no complaints. You sound good on my end. You look good on my end. It's all hey. good. So I'm not even worried about it in the slightest. Um, but yeah, man, I wanted to bring you on the show and, um, you know, talk about your life and, and what you do and, and what led you down to that path. And, um, you know, everything we do here is freestyle. So like I said to you, I think earlier today, I don't have any questions prepared. The yeah. questions and the conversation will flow the way that it flows. And so with that said, I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away. Tell the people who you are and what you do. Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Joseph Ira Credit. I am what I would consider a jack of all trades. Uh, what more people might know me from is being a professional wrestler. Um, I previously have gone by name uh, Cassidy Keith, recently gone through a, a bit of a upgrade or evolution, I guess you can say, became a little bit more of myself. So now I'm going by my actual, my government name, the name my mama gave me, as I like to say. So, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, um, so basically, man, we've just been out here, uh, especially now that COVID slowing down, just out here uh, getting back on the road, man. So our, our consistent listeners will know that I'm a wrestling fan. They're gonna be yes, like, oh, that's why you brought that's why you brought him on the show, Bradley. We see what you're doing. And I'm gonna say to you, you know what? You damn skippy. That's exactly why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I, you know, I think um well not I think, you know, I, I would love to get, you know, a real peek behind the curtains of mm-hmm. what that independent scene looks like, you know, the you know, how how's your health? Um yeah. You know, all of that, man. So, you know, what what got you? I mean, listen. All right, let's peel the covers back. I've been a wrestling fan. I've been I've been liking it all my life, but I actually didn't get into it to really enjoy it and watch it on my own. My father was always a big fan, but I didn't really yep. begin to watch it on my own until mid two thousands. Um, actually, no, the mid the middle of the year two thousand. I'm sorry, The Rock was champion. And The Rock being champion as a babyface with a long title reign is what got me interested. So, yeah, man. But that said, I never had the battery in my back ever to go and do it. Vince yeah. McMahon on that commercial said, don't try this at home. And I was like, okay, I'm not. <laughs> He's like, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the video games. So what made you, I'm assuming you're a lifelong fan. Yeah, man. Yeah, my my very first memory in life is watching the Undertaker cut a promo, bro. Like okay. I can't remember nothing. I remember literally being in my like childhood home under the table, scared as hell, because I just knew this dude was gonna kill me or something. 
Like, <laughs> like my dad definitely got me into wrestling. He's to this day, he's like a gigantic wrestling fan. Like, if anyone knew my dad, you wouldn't. Mm. Core Thuggets. Uh, always has loved wrestling, and he got my brother and I into it, and I was, man, you know, okay, so one of those things, pull back the, behind the uh, curtain, as you were saying, uh, as I say this, it used to be frowned upon that we talk about our past as not professional. Uh, it used to be something that you're not, it's taboo, you're not supposed to talk about if you used to wrestle in the backyard when you were a kid, shit like that, because they would say things like um, they would say things like that doesn't make you come off as a professional, so don't talk about it. Didn't happen, you know. Uh, but le- but recently in this new era of wrestling, like I call it the Young Bucks era because you know it is what it is. Um, the curtains been peeled back. You know, kayfabe is dead and gone. Um, so. A lot of the cast nowadays, you know, you see them on social media talking, you know, you see them just, you know, posting old pictures before they got signed and stuff like that. And it's a lot like that. So, like, my entire life, I've been, like, some sort of, like, I was, I remember getting tired by my older brother and my cousins when I was, like, seven or eight, like, in the the yard. And then, like, (laughs) uh, when I was, like, I did, like, uh, like, I just, I knew I was going to be a wrestler, though, bro. Like, everything I did kind of, like, tailored towards it like i remember like even as much as like going like at a store right say you're in the regular building and you got the uh what's it called the wheelchair shit the wheelchair ramp i'll go down a wheelchair ramp like it was the uh like like like, yeah like that was (laughs) that was me bro like i knew i was gonna do this so like when i was in high school i did like amateur wrestling and i was cool and all but it wasn't i wanted to be a professional wrestler you know what I'm saying? So um, it kind of just, just happened out of nowhere. Like, you know, I guess everything happens for a reason, but for me at least, uh, kind of happened out of nowhere, man. Like, I was just, you know, playing with my boys in the back, pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we, we were uh, backyard and whatever. I was like 17. Um, and we're just messing around and do contacted us on MySpace. Let's age myself. Oh, <laughs> and uh, both of us on that one. I'm telling you, right? And uh, he was like, hey, uh, y'all ever thought about getting in the ring? He's like, it's not professional, but I got a ring. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we learned how to not die. That was not wrestling training. We learned how to not die. Um, and they had it in their head, you know, they're like, you know, we're having fun doing what we want to do, but this is hobby. This is never going to be anymore than a hobby. I was like, fuck that. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I curse, bro? Like, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, you, you say whatever you need to say. <laughs> I, nah, like a sailor, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I was like, nah, bro, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm not trying to hear that hobby shit. Like, nah. And when I went to actually start pursuing it, they, you know, all of them, almost all of them stopped talking. And like, I'm like, I don't want to say it was jealousy because it wasn't. I don't know if it was, I think it was more resentment than jealousy. 
Uh, you said like your friends um, stopped talking to you? Yeah, like you know, like the the people I used to backyard wrestle with, and mm. and uh, it was, you know, like I said, it was, there's a couple of them who like we reconciled since then, you know, because everybody being young, I was like, well, fuck me, fuck you, like you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, you know, growing up and experiencing life has, has taught me to forgive and forget. You know, life is way too short for that petty shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I just kind of told myself I was going to make it and I was going to do it by any means necessary. And boy, was <laughs> some of these means ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, man, that's, that's, um, that's dope. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting that, that you say that at least temporarily you lost some friends behind it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you see that a lot in all sorts of walks of life, not necessarily even just, you know, entertainment, so to speak. But, you know, you and somebody else are, you know, achieving goals or you're you're chasing your goals. And, you know, somebody sees you going after yours and they're not quite in the spot that they want to be yeah. uh, going for theirs. It may not necessarily even be the same goal, so yeah. to speak. But, you know, you start to learn who you're who your real friends are when you mm-hmm. when you're doing when how life is going i have this one friend um and uh the relationship definitely isn't as close as it as it used to be and what happened was um you know we were first friend when we were first you know kind of got together we were friends you know this guy um was just i mean like i'm a jokester he's a jokester um, you know, I mean, but listen, like he's a good looking guy, he's thin, tall, you know, all sorts of stuff. Right. And you, know, there was a point in my life and, you know, late, you know, pretty much 2009 through 2010, yeah. my life was pretty rough. It was pretty rough with a lot of different things that were going on. And he was definitely like, you know, the homie that had my back, you know what I'm saying? But like. I've learned that like when the way that people have your back makes a difference. Yeah. So this was the guy that had my back was like, Oh yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to get some food. You know? Yeah. I, I got you. I got you on your, your big Mac and things like that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that's nothing. Like I'm not appreciative of that. I certainly am appreciative of that. But as I started to get my stuff together, I started noticing I was getting sneak dissed mm-hmm. and I started noticing that that relationship wasn't the same. And it even got to the point where I was at a better spot and I'm, I'm being like, I'm not trying to put no names out there, <laughs> but like it got to a point where I was at a better spot and, and this guy, he's, you know, kind of going through it. Life's kind of, kind of, kind of handed it to him. And I'm yeah. like, yo, like, like, let me help you out with this. And it was just like, Nah, and it always just felt like it, and maybe this wasn't what it was, but it always just felt like, like, you know, it was one of those friends where it's like, you my dog when you up under me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I had a couple like that. Yeah, it's a long way the way to say I can, I can relate to that, and I think we all can to some degree. Yeah, absolutely, bro. So man, let's you know, hey. 
wrestling is uh, scripted in the terms of the results and in the terms of how the matches flow. We all know that. But stuff can happen. I can even say sometimes on that, like as far as like the structure of a match, like a lot of times we the, the we would um as an old school call it walk and talk. Okay. Like you know, yep. um, most of WWE walks and talks now. Um, there was a time where I got friends in both companies, so it's hard for me to say certain things. Okay. But I don't give a fuck. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to say it, but I'm gonna say in, it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh in, in AEW, it's you know, they have a lot of issues as far as like their production. So they they plan a lot of their stuff out. And you can tell because like if somebody fucks up, they're kind of just like, What do we do now? Mm. Yeah. But if you're walking and talking and you fuck up, won't nobody know it because y'all didn't plan on it. Y'all was just talking to each other in the ring while you doing what you do. Exactly. Exactly, 100%. So, but what I was going to ask is, you know, talk about some of the times where things have gone wrong. I'm sure you've had some injuries. I'm sure it's been some some long nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be transparent, I would say that in-ring injuries, very few and far between for me. Okay. Very now, outside of it, stuff like, you know, body hurting and then, like, you know, like, I I got um, gout really early from it. Um, wow. Yeah, like, I was, like, 19 or 20. Whoa. Yeah, my doctor was like, I've never seen a, a person as young with gout before. And I was like, well, that's what happens when you got genetic disposition for it and you wrestle with no shoes on. So I accelerated it. <laughs> Wrestle with no shoes on. We're gonna go back. To yeah, that. yeah, that's we'll the whole thing. That. Yeah. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I have had all kinds of stuff happen. Like just in wrestling, just shit happens, and then like you don't figure it out. Uh, like I could think of a few times where like uh, I was. I remember a ladder match. I was in. It was like a thirty foot ladder we were on. Um, before the match started, I separated my knee, mm. like two minutes, like before the match started, they, we did like a beat down, uh, angle where they like beat me up. Uh, cause like one of my things is like, I, I'm a storyteller. I love to make people think in there. Like, I'm not just a move, move, move guy. Like I love to convey emotion and things like that. And, you know, it was a beat down so I can work from under, which basically, you know, means like I was the underdog, even though I was a bigger guy. Uh, one of the dudes beat me up was brand spanking new. He still wrestles today, but he was brand new at the time. Um, the way he like got like he went to like do something. It was just really awkward. And like my like the tendon tore off of my knee and I knew it like I knew it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to, like, not wrestle. Like, I'm in a main event for a title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we literally, we had the match planned. 
because uh, with a lot of gimmick matches like ladder matches, you kind of got to plan a lot of it, yeah. you know, because you want to know where you're ending up. You can't just on the fly some shit. You can, but it's it's not that beneficial. Um, but yeah, like I, I ended up going 20 minutes with one knee. And I had like this dumb spot because adrenaline was flowing. I was young and dumb. And we were on like, like I said, it was like a 30 foot ladder. I picked dude up on my shoulders, climbed up the ladder with him on my shoulders with on one knee. And Simone dropped him off the top of the ladder. And I remember like me now. <laughs> You couldn't pay me to do some shit like that, bro. <laughs> but like, it, you know, your priorities are different when you're young. You 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 care more about the holy shits and the oh my gods and match of the night when it's like, eh, now it's just for me. It's about being remembered. It's about the legacy. It's about people like going out there and seeing me and wanting to come back specifically for me. Putting those asses in those seats matter to me. They don't for a lot of guys what they do for me. So how you talk about, you know, putting butts in seats. Hmm. You know, how how does that work as an independent? Because, you know, you, you, or most people who aren't wrestling fans or maybe who, who, who are but not necessarily in tune on the business side, they just like to watch what's on TV. You know, they think, you know, WWE, right? And they think, Okay. Yeah. These guys work for WWE, and you know they show up to the TV shows and to the pay per views when they're told to show up. They do what they're told to do, and then they go home. I know to a greater degree mm-hmm. that it's not like that exactly with the WWE, but on the independent scene, how does that work for you? Is there one organization that you work for? Do you work for whoever's paying the most? Like, how does how does that work? Um. It's a little bit of everything. Uh, everybody has their quote unquote home fed, um, you know, where they hang their head. You know, you can go see them anytime there's a show. Um, to be totally real, I don't really have that right now. Um, I have one that's pretty much like home. I'll say it's a mega championship wrestling. It's out of uh, Cleveland area. I've heard of them. Um, yeah, they're, I, man, I can't say enough good things about Mega Championship Wrestling. Like, um, Jeff uh, Trexler is the promoter, and um, Brandon Xavier is the booker, and they they do something that a lot of indies don't really do. Like, they train and build up their own homegrown talent. Um I'm one of maybe three or four people who didn't, who aren't like freshly trained from them. Like they build their entire company around these kids. And I love giving back like that. That's something that's always been important to me personally. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as I digress, apparently. Uh, all good, all good. That's what we yeah. Do. Uh, so. As far as like the uh, wrestling indies, it's basically first come first serve. Like um, I have a calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it does not exist to me. Uh, I'm like we could talk about. It. I could be like, yeah, I'm coming. If I don't write it down, don't respect me, bro. It's OVA. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, 
usually the better feds like to book you out a couple months in advance so you can promote it and let them know that you're coming out um do some promo work whatever need be otherwise just showing up you know what i'm saying and it's just i always feel like it's such a waste because i don't really wrestle locally um i, I wrestle I, I work in a couple places now because the pandemic slowed us down so we decided to come back local um i wrestle with a uh, bcwa they're um in like wyandotte something like that uh, Southgate area, like Downriver. Okay. Um, they've been going since I had, since before I started, and they just started back up a couple of years ago. Um, you might catch me at, at uh, wrestling. They have uh, shows. A lot of shows are Downriver these days, I guess. Probably because the uh, <laughs> maybe it's cheaper. I don't know, man. But I don't. There aren't really many wrestling feds that's actually wrestling in the city of Detroit. And not and, by, and when I say not many, I mean maybe one, maybe two. Okay. You know, um XICW does sometimes. You're talking about outside of when WWE or when AEW yeah. come to town. You're talking about independent yeah. guys. Absolutely. Or, or, or you know, smaller promotions that people don't see on their TV screens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as, you know, the sign, you know, roster and stuff like that, you know, it's just like even they don't like go to every show anymore. Like it's not like it used to be where you're doing, you know, 300 days. Out, like they let them know. They'll be like, all right, we're, we got your book for this show, this show and this show. So you got to show up for these dates. Like you don't be like every talent isn't at every show anymore. Like, just in quote-unquote catering, they don't really do that anymore. Got you. Okay. Okay. So, if you don't necessarily have to work, what you're saying is, or at least what I'm hearing you say is, but you might work for one particular organization maybe three or four times out of the year, depending on what they've got going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of them where I'll do like maybe one shots, like I'll wrestle like once, once, like one big show a year or something like that. That make bring me in one or two. It, it depends, you know. It's, it's really about, like I said, it's about the story and it's about the moments. Okay. So, um, like I definitely have gotten to the point now. I've been wrestling, uh, like since I was eighteen. So, it's you know it's been about Jesus like sixteen years, something like that. So. I don't really wrestle just to get in the ring anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of young cats are like, man, I'm just trying to get in this ring. I'm trying to work. It's got to matter because I be hurting these days. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm definitely more choosy about where I work. I used to work two, three times a week every week. Like, I, you, I was never at home. Like, I was making enough on the road in the independence that I didn't like, I had to have a job cause you know, insurance, but like I didn't need one. Wow. Um, and I chose to slow down. Cause like I said, if it's, if it don't matter, like, why am I breaking my back over it? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's something that comes later in your career. Hopefully if, if you get to that point where it's, cause it's just like, I love what I do and what I do is, more fun than anything in the world, bro. But realistically, how long do I have to do what I do? 
You know what I'm saying? Wow. So every time I get in that ring, that's one less time that I'm going to get in that ring in the future. You feel me? Yeah. So it's really something that uh, if you are thinking the long game, thinking longevity, it's something that has to run through your mind at some point. So you, you, you said you had to get a job, and then you said, well, you know, insurance. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's... What does that look like? Listen. <laughs> so first of all, one of my biggest pet peeves, like I try to tell all the young kids that come around and wrestling, um, straight up, like this is something that you need to do. You need to get insurance. You need to think about your body and you know, like the holy shits and the oh my god, that's cool and all, but oh, my God's not paying this hospital bill because you just decided to go through a glass table. You feel me? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know many deathmatch wrestlers who I, you know, got nothing but respect for them. But, you know, a good friend of mine just got hurt and he couldn't pay his bills. Like, Mm. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, get you a job. Like, this wrestling shit, like, you're not going to get no extra kudos just because you're a full-time wrestler you know what i'm saying like you do what you gotta do bro take care of yourself take care of your body so you can keep doing it you feel me um and basically that's that's it like I, i've always done tech support i've always been like a computer savvy person and especially with wrestling and getting gout i used to be a chef actually um could do it for two reasons one way too long hours like I need regulation in my life. I got to have a nine to five from seven 30 in the morning to three 30. You know where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how I am. I cannot, I've never been a fan of, Oh, well I'm working 10 to two today. And then I got to work two to 10 tomorrow. And I got to be back in there, bitch at eight o'clock in the morning. Nah, bro. Like, (laughs) I don't deal with it. I can't, I can't, I can't. So, like I went in for tech support, um, you know, uh, and I'm pretty decent at it. And it allots me to still work whenever I want to work. I got my weekends. I have, you know, I work from home. Like I, I love like, man, working from home during this era with gas costing so much is everything. <laughs> I <laughs> have know? a job, my, my full-time job. I drive around. So I, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, we call them our uh, Clark Kent jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So you, man, you know, that that insurance piece that you talked about, it's just, it's so, it's so, it's just so revealing how you're saying to like younger people, you're like, hey, get this, get this in order now. Because I I gotta imagine that many of the young people, you know, that you run into, you know, they're like, well, this is a stepping stone. Like, I'm going to make it to AEW. I'm going to make it to WWE. I'm going to make it to New Japan. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. I mean, and I would have to imagine that at one point you were saying it, the, the same things. Yes and no. Okay. Um, I always felt like, when, okay, so whenever anybody would ask me, they're like, realistically, because, you know, um, for the better part, Part of 10 years, my younger brother and I were tagging. We uh, tag team as the uh, Spirit of Detroit. 
and um we were traveling everywhere man like we we were blessed enough to travel all over the country we wrestled in jamaica once um you know so just we've done some damn decent stuff man wrestling with you know legends and stuff like that and uh it's somebody would ever they'd ask us you know it's like well realistically how close do you feel like you are to being signed um are you ready if it happens and the answer that i always give i'm like the difference between me and a signed person is i wasn't in front of the right crowd like wow that's a bar you know what i'm saying like real talk like it's it's something that uh that happens especially in the indies it's like it's not what you know is who you know yes and you know no disrespect to a lot of people. I'm not going to say everybody because it's going to be disrespectful to somebody. I don't kiss enough ass to make it. You feel me? Okay. Like, I, I'm not at that level. And I'm not saying that everybody does it. That's not true whatsoever. I'm just saying that quite a few <laughs> had that. Um, and it's just like, I, I've always been a keep it 100 type of person, bro. And... Uh, especially when I was younger, it made people, it rubbed people the wrong way because I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, this wrestling shit is cool, but I'm a grown ass man first. Like, you're not going to talk to me like a bitch. I don't care if I'm new or not. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm grown in these streets, bro. And I was, like I said, I was 18 when I started. I'm only 34 now, but, you know, I feel like an old man. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's something that as, as far as getting signed, there's, I did the research. Like when I was in college, there was a statistic that I put in one of my theses. Cause of course everything is wrestling, even in college. Um, it's easier to get into the NFL and the NBA than it is to get signed by the WWE. Like at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Like think about, okay. Every major city in this country, not state, every major city has a wrestling federation. I don't okay. give a fuck where you think of any city. Look it up. I promise you there's wrestling there. Okay. There's maybe 20 people on any given roster. Okay. Say maybe half of them travel because most of them are what in wrestling we call 50 milers. They don't really go far. Um, then you got people like myself and my brother, they call the journeymen, uh, who travel everywhere. I have seen wrestlers who I started, I would see 10 years ago. And then I was seeing them at another show. I'd never even thought about them again because there's so much wrestling out here. They can have a whole career and I will never even see them. So I say that to say that there's so many indie wrestlers and there's, 40 spots in WWE. You know what I'm saying? Right. And how many spots are they opening up for new people? Like NXT is, is irrelevant because it's like, we're talking like big time here. So like, we're talking like WWE raw SmackDown. They let maybe three new people a year on the roster after WrestleMania. Okay. You feel me? So it's, it's, highly improbable for people to to get to that level without some sort of help 
and which is fine. You do it how you want to do it. But I always felt like if it was going to happen for me, it needed to be organically. It needed to be because somebody saw me and wanted and wanted me. Like I wasn't going to kiss my ass to a contract. It's not that important to me. And I say that um, because when people always ask, what are your goals for wrestling? You know, obviously everybody wants that WrestleMania moment, right? right. But like, it's not, it was never something that was like, I don't want to say realistic. It's it's something that was never, you know, drop everything important for. Like, I've just, I just knew I was going to be a wrestler. Like, that's all I wanted to be. Okay. So, um, like I said, when that dude told me this is only going to be a hobby for us. This is never going to get past that. Fuck that. So my goal was to become a professional wrestler, travel, make money, and for somebody to pay me to do what I want to do. It wasn't even about making a lot of money. I make decent money. I'm not going to lie. But it's more along the lines of, I see what you're doing and I want to pay you and bring you to my company because I like what you're doing. I fuck with your vision. That's what matters to me. So in my mind, I did make it. I am, I'm doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say in a way, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I would want to be signed, but if I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry about it. You know what's so funny? I can, in a very small sense, I can relate. So I used to be, a, I worked in the cell phone business for a long time. I was a district manager for a Verizon retailer. I've never mm-hmm. worked for corporate. And I remember people used to always ask, like, man, have you ever thought about trying to go work for the corporate stores? And I'd just be like, nah. Like, I absolutely don't want to work there at all. Like, yeah. I, I'm good with it. I want to point out, pull out this question. Uh says, have you, have you thought of hiring a PR manager? And is it worth it uh, to get in front of the right crowd for you? I did think about it once. Um, it, it almost happened, but like the pro- the problem with professional wrestling is most of the shit is a scam. And I say that in the best way because, you know, obviously professional wrestling started from uh, the carnivals. So that's why they always call it carnies, you know? Um, so it's always some dude trying to work the boys instead of work the crowd. So I'm always a little weary when something new comes up and some dudes like, hey, these are the people that I've helped out. I've helped out this person. I've helped out that person. I've helped out that person. I can help you too for a fee. And I'm like, eh, I, I think I'd just rather you want to help me. And yeah, as, as I get to, you know, I'm like, I, I don't mind paying someone, but like, I would rather pay someone on a commission than a monthly. You feel me? Yep. Like, if you're not doing nothing Go for me, work. why am I paying you? So you get paid when I get paid. Yep. So if, if that situation ever happened, absolutely. Hell yeah, bring it. Like I like I said, if I didn't write it down, it didn't happen. So if I got somebody to handle that for me, absolutely. Wow. No, <laughs> so if it happens, yeah, for sure. But, you know, uh, but like I said, man, it's not something that is... I don't want to say it's not normal, but like in the Indies, is mostly handshake deals. Okay. So. I got it. That makes sense. Um, man. So there's just so many different ways I could go uh, <laughs> from there. 
man, because I mean, you 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 got me captivated. You talked about how, you know, you try to talk to the young heads and say, hey, you know, get this under control. Now you never know, and it just yeah. reminds me of of so many times where. You know, because I'm 36, so yeah. I'm, I'm the same like you. I'm not old, but I feel old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and I find myself having the same conversations with with people younger than me that mm-hmm. people had when I was young, and they and I didn't get it. Now I also think that, and we've talked about that on on some past episodes of this podcast, but I also think that like I use my grandmother for example. My grandmother would always say, save your money, baby, save your money, baby. You never know when you might need, you might need to call grandmother. You might need to have 35 Mm -hmm. cents. This is how long ago this conversation was had. You might need to have 35 cents in your pocket so you can call me on the payphone if you need to, right? But, you know, that's just like an example. But, you know, now I find myself, you know, talking to my daughter, um, a couple of weeks ago, she and I went out to lunch, my oldest daughter, and I'm like, you know, what What are you thinking you want to do? And she's like, you know, I, I really think I want to be an actor. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Right. You know, it, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when I was in her, when I was in her age or when I was at her point, uh, when I was 13, if somebody would have asked me and I would have said be an actor, I'm like, oh yeah, well you can do it. Just pray about it and believe in the Lord and not saying that that's not, not, I'm saying that that's bad advice, but I'm like, yeah. there's more to it than that, right? It's, so when my daughter, it's not says, realistic, right? When it's, my daughter it's, it's says, it's a good part of it. Yeah, yeah. So when my daughter says that it's that you know she wants to be an actor, an actor, I'm like, what does that mean? And well, she's like, okay, so I'm going to get involved in this program this year. I'm pretty sure that the high school, because she's going to eighth grade, so she's like, I'm pretty sure that the high school next year that I'm going to is going to have this. I'm like, okay, you need to look into that. You mm-hmm. figure out what's going on there. I'm like, okay, what's the plan after that? She's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, okay, you don't have to have a plan today. You're only 13, yeah. but we're gonna be talking about yeah. it more and more, right? Let's let's put yeah. finite details and let's start mapping out a plan. So, I appreciate you saying to even to the younger wrestlers, hey, do that, and here's why you need to do that because while I would love to see you with the big gold. At the end of the night, with the confetti coming down at WrestleMania, yeah, chances are incredibly high that that's not going to happen. Absolutely, and there and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's the problem is like there's not enough realists in the world as far as the world of professional wrestling. And um, <laughs> I always so, say, say that quote again. It, it, it's not enough realism, bro. It's not it, there's no realists. I always say, too many Beyonces, not enough Michelle and Kellys. Okay, and you got to understand um, one of the most famous quotes in all of professional wrestling, bro. Know your role. That <laughs> on everything I love that means something. It really does because, um, you know, like I said, being a young cat, I've I've done it. Like I've I've gone out. My brother and I used to be like, all right, well, we know we're good. We know we finna get signed. So. You know, this is when we were traveling, like I said, three or four times a week, every week, different states, never in Michigan. Like, we were just going, going, going. And we were like, we know we to go. So, like, we were about to come out there and do a match of the night. We the first show, or we the first match, cool. Well, the main event is the first match then. Like, and that's a good mentality to have, but as an older guy who's been in the business, 
long enough. It's like now it's like, no, <laughs> the main event is the main event. Like you're, it's your job to get yourself over, get your opponent over and have a great match. But if you out there completely like, and I say this with a grain of salt <laughs> because you have to be able to respect the hierarchy for where you're at, especially when you're a journeyman. Like if I'm doing, if I'm not on their regular roster, um, I'm not going to try to outshine their champion because it's a respect thing. You know, like even if I can have match of the night, sometimes my role is to hype everybody up to get for that main event. Now, and I say that, like I said, with a grain of salt, because sometimes let's be real. Some people don't need to be in the main event, <laughs> and but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta find that good footing, I guess you could say, because um, there are parts where you want to uh, be a part of the show. You have to help elevate it, and then it's to the point where you're like being a detriment. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm. it, it it definitely like there's many times where. Like a lot of people don't fuck with my brother and I because we were that's how we were. Like we were just like we don't care about your match. Like if you feel like you should be main event, then be better than us. And it's like, like I said, at one point it's like, yeah, he not wrong. <laughs> but wow. at the other, but at the other end is like, bro, from a respectful point, like standpoint, like unless somebody's like outwardly trying to stifle what you do. Just, there's nothing wrong with being a part of a concert instead of trying to overshadow the headline. So, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, again, the listeners know I'm a wrestling fan. I listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts. One of the podcasts I listen to is Grill and JR, Jim Ross. And he talks a lot about how those guys in the Attitude Era were all trying to push and outdo each other. Everybody yeah. was trying to have the best match on on the show. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard, you know, other guys, you know, I've heard, you know, Kurt Angle talk about how you know, in the early 2000s, after they did the draft split, the guys on SmackDown were trying to put on the best show possible, and they were trying to beat the hell out of Raw week yeah. after week after week. And they so, were. <laughs> it, it, it's so, it's it's kind of mind-blowing to hear these industry megastars and, and mega personalities say that this was the way that it was in the hottest era in the history of the business. And I'm hearing you talk mm -hmm. about independent local guys say, nah, you got you to gotta tone it down because I got to be the hottest. I got to be the hottest act tonight. Ain't nobody came to see you, Otis. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like it, it, it all comes down to asses and seats. Who are it? Who puts the most asses in the seats? That's who should be the main event. Flat out, we're talking business here. So I've seen it happen. It literally just happened at a show. My when my boys wrestle locally, I try to make it as much as possible and just be a fan. And right? right, so um. Like, uh, shouts out to Lance Starr. That's one of my dudes. And, like, uh, he is one of the most purest wrestlers you will ever see in your life, dog. 
Macho Man meets uh, Ricky Steamboat wrapped up in HBK. My dude is chef's kiss, right? Okay. Um, and whenever he likes to work, I think he's working this weekend, actually. I think I, I think it's this weekend. It might have been last weekend. I can't remember. But um, it was at Lance Cruz North. They, were, they, they run the show there. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it's, they they run a show. It's uh I can't remember the name of it, but I'll send you their info. Like it's they 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 run a good show. Um, but basically, he wasn't at this show. It was at another show he did uh, on the west side, and he had asses and seats. He had maybe 30, 40, 50 people there for him. Now in the indies, that's a lot. Like. Most indies, if you pull in 200 people, you're doing decent. Like, which is crazy because, like, the, you know, Ross sells out 15,000 people in Detroit, but you can only get 200 people in the indies. That's a whole other situation that I feel like, like, if we regulated ourselves better, we would be selling out the Kobo like they used to in the 70s, but whatever. Um, (laughs) So, excuse me. So... Um, he was, they put him in pre-main, I think, or two before main. No, it was pre-main. Um, they put him in pre-main and he had, like I said, 40, 50 people waiting for him, uh, friends and family, whatever, but they were there for him. I was like, why they didn't put you in the main event? I don't know. I was like, they should put you in the main event. They should make. They should switch it, but the promoter was the champion, so he wanted to be the main event. <laughs> okay, so he goes. He kills the game like he always does. Typical Lance Star, and when the match is over and the main event is about to start, everybody left. Everybody left. There was like maybe ten people in there. Whoa! Because that's what they came for. Now, in a business sense. If the asses and seats are this man, I'm going to leave him last so they stay here. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if I put you on any earlier than the main event, my crowd is going to leave. So now ain't nobody here to see me. So even though you're the champion, sometimes business first, whoever puts the most asses in the seats needs to be the main event. So I can't help but to hear it sounds like you got you know, a, a little bit of a promoter's mind, so to speak. You know, what, what's your... Go ahead. Yeah. Um, when I when I was younger, I used to uh, book for a, a place that, like, we call it, it was uh, XSC Wrestling. Um, I'm, a, I'm a writer, and I'm a storyteller. So being able to tell my story and then seeing it play out is everything like it's, it's it's awesome like i a hundred percent know that at some point in the probably near future probably gonna run my own company okay um, That's what, that was gonna be my question yeah uh like i i want to run a company and I, my brother and i are gonna start a wrestling school um because you know like i said i i, I love giving back i love helping people like um, 
when I was starting out, you know, um, and I was traveling, I was getting the good dates. I, w- I always brought people with me. I brought my young, my younger brother with me. I brought friends with me who just needed a, you know, who just need a little push. You know, like I try to help as many humans as humanly possible. And wrestling and life, whatever, I just feel like it's something that I get pleasure out of doing. You feel me? So um, I feel like once, uh, once you know, everything uh, falls into place, like I'm about to buy my, buy, my wife and I are moving to Toledo. Uh, so we're like in a house buying process. And, um, you know, so once that gets all settled, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be planting the seeds and starting a new, uh, company and I'm doing it in Detroit. Like, I don't care if I live in Toledo, like it's happening in the city. Like I hate it when people say they wrestle in Detroit and you're in Farmington and Hills or you wrestle in Detroit <laughs> and you're, you know, uh, in Wyandotte, like, nah, like I'm in the three, one, three. Like that's what, that's what bred me. Like, like I said, my brother and I, we literally in our heads put the city on our back when, you know, it's, it's heavy to call yourself as a tag team, the spirit of Detroit. Like what? Like who does that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and it and it goes so far because like it's 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 not it's it's, it's awe inspiring. Like I said, we wrestled in Jamaica, and I had strangers who never seen us wrestle before, chanting Detroit all the way in Jamaica, bro. Like that shit puts a tear to my eye. Like for real, like that we go out of our way to put a positive impact on what our city can be matters to me because you know when everybody thinks of Detroit murder midden you know um they only think negative and it's just like is it's convoluted you know what I'm saying I'm like is so retro it's it's so backwards and it's just like the city of Detroit is we're more than our crime. You feel me? And I feel like that's something that we bring to the table and, and just from the culture, bro, and everything. Like, uh, when I, when I do my little in-ring promos, um, I thought it was kind of cool personally. Like, uh, you know, the best, I always, they always say the best talkers have like a tagline, you know, like Scott Hall, AL. You know, stuff like that. So, like, whenever I would get in the ring and I would talk to people, especially outside of my city, I would start it off. I'd be like, yo, where I'm from, we don't say hi. We say, what up, though? So when I say it, you say it. And then I would say, what up, though? They say, what up, though? I thought that was dope. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was dope. And, uh, And little stuff like that, like, really matters to me. Yeah, man. So speaking of promos, man, you know, about, what was it, three, four weeks ago? I saw you cut this money ass promo where you said I'm no longer Cassidy Keith. Yeah. And you, and you kind of hinted at that at the beginning of, of the show here. Yeah. Talk about that. That felt like, you know, again, I'm, I'm a fan that didn't feel like a character change for entertainment. That felt like a real peek behind the curtain. That felt like a pipe bomb. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh... What was that? Honestly, it, it kind of was. It was it was much needed. Um, it was long overdue, and it, and it was me. It was me. I was holding myself back. 
and um i you know like i said I, I framed it in the form of a promo but like i meant everything i said and it's something that starting out like i said man like you know when i was saying uh hinted at the wrestling without shoes you know like when i started the conversation today i said you know i did what i had to do to get on right to get put on um and that's that's what i did you know like i had came in with my own gimmick like i i knew what i was gonna be at the time my name was cassidy kane uh my boy and i tagged and he was adrian abel so we went as kane and abel i thought it was dope uh, so when I started branching out on my own, I wanted to travel. I would go to shows, uh, l- travel. Um, I'd be at local shows, really, and just trying to get put on, bro. I'm like, yo, like, I'm out here. Like, give me a shot. And I would be in the back, and they would do not nothing with me. I'm just chilling. Um, and one of the promoters... I feel like it was a rib, you know, which, you know, they did it to make fun of me. But um, they basically said, oh, I'll book you if you dress up like Kamala and wrestle. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, as a black man, I'm like, so you would only book me if I don't speak English. Like, I'm a, if I'm, I was, I was called the Ooga Booga man. That, that's mm. like, and no disrespect to Kamala, but like that's how that gimmick was given to him by uh uh Jerry Lawler. Like that's neither here nor there. But um yeah, I get yeah. but you know what I'm saying, and and but I did it and I'm not ashamed of it, but at the same time, um I'm glad it did what it did. Like uh I did it and I ran with it and I did it really well. Like, I, I told myself if I was going to do it, I'm going to make it my own so I'm not just, like, a blatant fucking ripoff. And uh, we're going to do some good with this. We're going to do some... We're going to go somewhere with it. And I did, bro. Like, the character um, was... Uh, his name was Terracon. Um, and I wrestled without shoes on. I went to... Uh, what is that called? Joanne Fabrics and made myself a loincloth. Couldn't sew for shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I changed it up. Like, I would, I did, uh, like, war paint on my face. Like, and I would do different types of paint and stuff like that. And uh, my character, like, I made, like, a character. It was basically, like, this African, like, or Tanzanian is what I said. It's Tanzanian, like, um... It sounds like a black, a black version of Umaga. Yeah, at, basically, it was way more Umaga than it was Kamala. But you know, they saw a fat black guy, so they thought Kamala. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so it was basically like, what would happen if you get this dude this from the savage of Tanzania, put him in a box, took that box to America, put it in the wrestling ring, and opened up that box? What happens? You know what I'm saying? So like I would literally play it, and I would even do shit like I thought. I thought it was do- different. I thought it was dope because like the story, like like I said, it was all about the story for me. Right. And I couldn't do a lot of story work when I couldn't speak, but I I did little shit like I would do like a real big impact move, and I would go to pin him, and I'd 
pin them the wrong way. Like they'd be on their stomach and I'd be pinning them on the back. And I'd have to be like, no, no, you can't do that. Flip them over. I'm like, oh, okay. So I roll them to their back and then I keep rolling them back and then put them back on their stomach and try to pin them again. She's like, he's not a wrestler. He don't understand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I always thought it was different. You know what I'm saying? And, and I was able to like really like do some stuff. Like I've, I was, I, they put me in the ring with, you know, Hall of Famers and Legends and, you know, I, I, I was the person who I wrestled, um, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, I think I ended up wrestling Bushwhacker, uh, Luke, like the week before he got in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay. And. Yeah, and and it was like it was crazy. Like I was like traveling everywhere. They even like had me like wrestle Kamala Jr. Like it was a whole thing, and like I had like I've gotten like uh I they had me like I was a viable contender for the uh, NWA whatever their not their world title but their uh, I can't remember national title. Um, like you know this before NWA came back and was hot. They were just like kind of a name, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but. But yeah, like I went pretty decent, pretty far with it. And when I moved to, I ended up moving to Alabama for work. And I decided that I was done. I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, nobody knows me in Alabama. So I'm going to start over from scratch. And I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to do it my way. Um, I was able to do that. Like this <laughs> this uh, company in, in in Alabama took a chance on me. They were not... Alabama is Alabama. Ah. And that's the best way to put it. And like I remember my very first match, like the dude that I wrestled, like had them bring like KFC buckets, like during my match. Oh, like no. it, it's crazy. Like is I have some stories because like they still believe in oh, K down there. No. So like I I had people like death threats. Like I used to have have security like escort me to my car. It was crazy, but like I did it right, and I became not only like their first black champion. I became their first world champion, and because I was just I was doing some different shit, bro. Like they just had never seen it. You know what I'm saying? It was like oh like. What is happening? And and I was telling the stories I wanted to tell, but like I was like, all right, I'm ready to go home. You know what I'm saying? So I came home and I'm so happy. And I'm like, all right, let me go find all my old promoter friends, the ones that I travel all over with. Yo, I'm back. I got this dope gimmick, like making Terracon look like trash, bro. Like, I got this. Let's do this. And they were like, that's cool. Have a good day. I like Nobody fucked with me. I had to start completely over again. Like, they were like, if you're not the Ooga Booga man, we don't care. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So everything happens for a reason, though, because had that not happened, I don't know if I'd even still be wrestling. I don't know where I'd be. Um, Because through me starting over is how my brother and I started tagging. Um we were supposed to work each other in Toledo or something like that. They booked too many people and they were like, do y'all mind tagging? My younger brother, Jonte Keith, one of the best wrestlers in the world, bro. I swear to God, if you've never seen Jonte Keith, J-O-N-T-A-E-K-I-E-H, this little motherfucker is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I swear to God. And I don't just say that. Like, 
he does everything that I do and then some. And it's it, it's a blessing because I was able to train him. So like I'm happy by seeing him evolve, you know. Right. Uh, but but yeah, so we were supposed to work, and they were like, "Well, we booked too many people, so either y'all don't wrestle or will you tag?" And we had never tagged before, you know. Like I said, I trained him. I'm five years older than him. I I was like, "No, I don't tag with like, <laughs> you know." And, and my brother was still, you know, finding himself, and he was like, "Fuck it, let's do it. Why not?" And it was so organic that it was just like, "Why the fuck didn't we do this years ago, bro?" Wow. Yeah. And it blew up. It blew up. Like this is it. This was before before Spirit of Detroit. Our original name was um, Detroit versus Everybody. Okay. Before it got fucking huge, and then like we stopped doing it because it got huge. And I was like, well, if y'all not gonna pay us for a sponsorship, then fuck that. I'm not gonna give you free press. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, bro. Like it, it kind of grew from there, and it and it became something that. I had to, and I was having so much fun doing it, right? But um, it still wasn't me. It, you know, it was, it was the version of me that I needed people to become. That you know, I knew people would be okay with. And I feel like after sixteen years of doing this, if I can't be myself, I shouldn't do it. And I've been like, for my brother, he stopped wrestling. Um, nobody ever stops wrestling. <laughs> so he, he claims that he's done, but he, he'll be back within a year. Probably he's had a lot of injuries. So like, you know, I'm like, bro, he's, you know, like the high flying daredevil type. So he, a lot of that shit, you know, he had like a bad shoulder for years and he's finally, he listened to me. Finally got him a job, got him good insurance. And now he's like rehabbing his body, taking care of himself. Cause he's starting to feel it. He'll be 30 next year. So he's starting to feel it. Yeah, man. Um, so uh basically while he took that time off, man, the same shit started happening. People stopped calling me because I wasn't a part of a duo anymore. I wasn't spirited Detroit anymore. Mm. And I was like, fuck, like I've been doing this 16 years. I've trained people. I I know what I'm doing. I know I'm fucking good. Like, what is the issue? And I was like, maybe it's you, Joe. Maybe it's you. Like, maybe it's something that they just, they can sense that disingenuousness. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's something that I always tell people, especially when you're cutting promos, you can, most fans can spot bullshit. If you don't believe what you're saying, like, they can usually tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even though, Oh, I was good at promos. I didn't believe it because it wasn't me. And I feel like uh, maybe six months ago, I started, not even six months ago, I'd say like four months ago, I started um, sowing the seeds where I wanted to do it, but like I was still kind of scared. Mm -hmm. So like my promo game was getting better and people were noticing it. And they're like, what's going on, bro? Like you, you getting like extra hot. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, like it's, Honestly, just like starting to understand who I am. And I feel like I'm one of the most humble people in the world and by saying it, but like knowing how good you are is not a problem. There's nothing wrong with knowing that you are talented in what you do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I had to remember who the fuck I was. I had to tell people that I am much more than just 
Jante's brother. I had to go out there and show them and remind them who I was. And I couldn't do that not being who I was. So I decided to take that chance on myself, switch my name up with my government, Meryl. And it's been really liberating. It's been really liberating to just go out there. And like, I remember like hearing my name, uh, being announced in a match and it was crazy to me. It was surreal. Like it felt like my first match ever, even though I've been doing it 16 years, bro. So it's been really cathartic. It's been really evolutionary and it's been well needed. You know, it's, it's so funny to hear you say that because it's so relative on a few things. One, you know, if, if we stay strictly in the lane, in the lane of wrestling, you know, if you listen to people talk, you know, outside of kayfabe, outside of their characters, you know, they say that this this um, Roman Reigns, this version of Roman Reigns' character, this is more like the real him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody who's a wrestling fan will know that for the last eight years, they've been really pushing Roman Reigns hard. It's like, this guy is going to be the next guy. And yeah. even were by and large rejecting him. But the last two years... After, you know, he, he went away because of COVID, he came back, and he's mm-hmm. been money for, Absolutely. You know, for two years. So from a from a you know, wrestling perspective, you know, that's relative. But everything that you're saying is also relative to life because what you're talking about is, is these things aren't going. You're talking about something not going in the way that you want it to go or in the way that you feel it needs to go and saying that, it's because I'm not being true to myself. Like, I'm mm-hmm. doing this and it's doing good, but it's just not who I really am. And ultimately, that's just how life works in general. If you can't... If you can't fully embrace the things that you're into, mm-hmm. you'll never be 100% into it, no matter what. And if that's, if that means that your mind isn't open, or if that means that you're that you're just in the wrong position with wherever you are in your life, you got to figure that stuff out. But it's yeah. just so funny how, how, you know, it's, it's wrestling and, and there's going to be somebody that listens to this and goes, I can't believe Bradley got me to listen to a whole another 60 plus <laughs> minutes of wrestling, but it's beyond just two dudes in underwear slapping skin. Absolutely. This is like, we're talking about real life stuff. Make sure you got a backup plan in case your dreams don't fully work out into the capacity that you want. Make sure you got a backup plan that you can solidly depend on um, because chances are high that you're going to be rich, right? You can have the best talent. We all know somebody that's an amazing singer, that's an amazing mm-hmm. rapper, that's an amazing artist that just hasn't gotten over, that just hasn't gotten in front of the right person or the yeah. right set of people. Like, we all know that, right? So everything that you've that you said over this last hour plus, it's all relative to real life. So, man, this was dope. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you for having. Me. Yeah, tell tell our listeners where where they can find you, where they can see you, all of that. Socials. What's your next booking? All of that. Yeah, man. Um, mm. I got you. I got you. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, so. As far as the booking situation is concerned, uh, find me on Facebook, um, Joseph Ira Credit. That's I-R-A, credit like credit card, 
That's the name my mama named me. Um, you will find me on there. Uh, I'm also on everything, bro. Like uh, you, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that is uh, the, the ad is Joseph I Credit, one word. Um, all one word, not one word after it. Don't think, don't think too hard about it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you can find me on there, bro. Add me, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not weird. Like, I add everybody. Like, I feel like social media is meant to be social. I'm not one of those type of people that's like secretive about my life. I'm very much an open and honest person. Like, I feel like life is too short to lie. I feel like it's, it, it, it does come to your spirit. So I'm I'm very blunt, but like I'm not a dick about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like feel free, man. Like add me, talk to me. I'm 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 personable as long as you're not dumb and taking up all my time. I have no problem chopping it up with people. So um you'll always see me uh on social media talking about the next time I'm working, um or any of the things I do as far as like, you know, um, you know, I I do like uh I run Backbreaker Creations, so basically started off as like a t-shirt business because uh, everything I do is like, like a one-stop shop because I, I got tired of other people doing it for me or waiting for other people doing it, you know? So like I started making my own t-shirts and then I started making my own wrestling gear. And then, uh, you know, I started, I taught myself how to uh, do Photoshop. So like I, you know, added my photos and take my own photos, like my promo picture I gave you, I took that in my living room. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, you know, all types of stuff. Like I do like 3D printing stuff now. Like I'm uh, cosplaying. I love cosplay. I just started getting into it, bro. And I, I do a little bit of everything, bro. Like I, I can't sit still. So <laughs> you're gonna see me doing something, man. That's dope, that's dope. So for the listeners, I'll have social media information in the show notes. You can also follow Fred, although he's not here, don't give him a hard time. Life just happens. Uh, Fred is Mr.Humble underscore beginnings on Instagram. He is Fred Scott on Facebook. You can follow me at Brad Robinson1986 on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And it's just Brad Robinson86 on Twitter. And of course, follow the show at What's Happening, the way it's spelled W H U S H A T T N I N. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. TikTok and Twitter. I had to figure out which ones I was missing. <laughs> Follow our show. Share this episode out with a friend, with a bunch of friends. If you like what we do, give us a five-star rating and write a review as well. Love is a verb, so make sure you remember that. And that is all we've got. Thank you once again, Joe. Appreciate it, oh, Appreciate you, bro. And we will see y'all next week. And if Fred was here, he'd say, peace. <laughs>